Welcome to Business Talk, Sister Gok. I'm Becca. Today's podcast episode topic is what is a good location for a business? And if you've been following along on Instagram recently, you will have seen that, in fact, I did buy a building. <laughs> so I have been working on this research series for quite some time. Quite honestly, I've been looking to find a location for probably, I mean, like it's been in my dreams for so long. So over five years and thinking through where that would look like when and all the opportunity for that. I have come up with a lot of really good things because I've helped other people look for site locations and all of that. So I decided to put some uh, information together for you all on it. Now, one of the very first things that I, I wanted to say about this is that this is going to be a series. I have quite a few different topics around building a a business, uh, build, buying a building, renovating a building. But first and foremost, you need to decide on where would be a good location for your business. So that's what this episode is going to be about. And some caveats to this, I think I want to throw out there. If you're listening to this episode and you're really excited about starting a business, if you do not have a business already going, I think it would be really important to think about what your business is going to offer, what your customers want, and um, decide if buying a business is, or a building is really a good first step in, in location, all of that. Because if you are gonna be maybe starting from your home, that's, that's probably what's best because it's going to be the most cost effective in terms of overall getting things up and running. But you know what? Some businesses, you can't do that. So I would just, I really, really think through that because one of the biggest reasons why businesses fail is because they end up taking on too much debt um, or financially not being able to make their regular payments such as utilities, operating costs, all of that. And they don't budget enough for those things at the beginning and they run out of cash. So I think it's really, really, really a big deal to think through that if you have a product you're thinking about or um, a service you want to have, you really should look at the lowest risk ways to sell and test out those things and see what your customer wants uh, before going through the process of, of choosing to go big. And seriously, keep testing until you have a winning product or a service because if you miss that phase and don't do enough research there to make sure that you have a cash flowing product or service that is in a low risk environment, you will lose money right off the bat. Um, and if you can't make, make your electricity payments and your uh, building regulation changes or city ordinances that they slap you with because a new code changed or whatever, you're, it's gonna be all over the place. So really, really start there and make sure that's in place. Okay, so thankfully, I had already started working on some viable concepts for what I wanted to do. And if you're wondering about that, I actually started an Etsy store and researched my exact target market demographic, all that kind of stuff beforehand to know who my customer is, where they would be shopping in person if I wanted to find a location for um, a town or whatever that I wanted to be in. 
And I think it's really, really important as well to leverage data from that. So here's a really good tip. Um, obviously, do not share this information with anyone else. But nice thing about Etsy, for example, is that when you get a customer order, you get their address to send them their product. And so I started collecting these addresses over time. And I started look, looking at where they were in the United States, what kind of was the demographic data of that area, and um, just kind of overall demographics for like locations of people that are buying my products. And so one thing that you can do when you get orders and you're shipping them online or or whatever is you can use some place like Neighborhood Scout or any other kind of um, census data tool that's going to be able to help you understand the average age, the um, core industries of the population and their workforce you're hoping to attract, the community in, in regards to, hey, is it um, a bunch of retired people or is it um, young people with kids and how many people are really going to be there that are looking for a full-time job? All that kind of stuff. When you want to try to choose a business location, if you're going to hire employees, you're really going to want to look at this kind of data because you're going to need to know if one of your biggest problems when you try to get your business off the ground is hiring. And if you can't find people to hire because everyone's retired and they're looking at doing their hobbies and they don't want a job, then you're really going to struggle expanding. And so demographic data on different towns that you're looking at for your business location site is really going to be important. So things to ask yourself, do they have high school students that are looking for after school jobs? What is the median age? That's going to help tell you a little bit about that. What is the education level of the people within that community? What is the median income? And what is the average household size? So those are kind of things that you should start off the bat in looking at if you're looking at a location because that's also going to tell you a little bit about your local customer if you want people coming in the door who would be buying your product are they going to have the resources to be able to afford what you're offering and then you can also look at trends in regards to growth for that community so here's a tip larger populations of young people are tied to economic growth and longevity so you're going to want to look for this cue in regards to how viable the town will be 10 years from now. And this is key information to know when you're thinking about your workforce as well as customer, as well as um, just long-term your business viability. Are you gonna have people? And I mean, if you're gonna have in a completely online business where you're gonna hire virtual assistants other places of the United States or other countries, Clearly, this is going to not be a differentiating or a deciding factor for you, and that's okay. And if that's the kind of business model you want, then you're really going to have to actually look at their broadband. That's a key word that people in government use, and it's on all of the documentation, not internet all the time. Broadband is what you need to look at to see what are their plans for accessibility and is the site location that you're looking at um, gonna have access to the internet that is high performing for you to be able to do what you need to do for your business? Because that is gonna, if, if you don't have good fiber or upload, download speed, all that kind of stuff, you could really seriously damage your business if you have a huge outage. And you're gonna wanna make sure that there's multiple competitors within a market because there actually are a lot of broadband deserts. So desert is another key word. <laughs> So I think that that's a, a good thing to be thinking through. Okay, so then the next thing you're going to want to think about in, in choosing a site location is also 
like what the average wages or income is going to be for those you employ or even for what you should be charging as a business to those locally within the economy. So there's some great data tools out there for a lot of different states. If you, I mean, quite honestly, some are better than others in data collection, but you can usually talk to your state um, or county and region to see if there's a specific person you can email within within like the Department of Economic Development there. So in Minnesota, we have what's called Employment and Economic Development Data Tools. And there's a website for that. So it's uh, mn.gov forward slash deed slash data slash data dash tools and that's the place that you can really get a lot of numbers on what people expect to be paid for the type of work you want them to do and you can also check out um, the employment information on if this is a a high need area there's little stars on there meaning that there's not enough workforce for it we need more people going into it all that kind of stuff so you can really start to get an idea of is my business going to make enough money for me to support myself? Should I, am I be paying, getting paid what I want to get paid? All that kind of stuff. And like I said, a lot of times your state will have someone like a data specialist because some of the tools um, are kind of tricky to use or maybe you don't know how to read it because I did not. And you can ask them to talk with you about the data on there. And a lot of times they'll put on trainings. Sometimes they're literally in the middle of the workday, so you may not be able to attend. But um, sending email to this person, asking them to help you understand what you're looking at is a really great step because that's their entire job. The next thing I would recommend you look at is thinking through the regional demographics as well for businesses. What's going on in that area? Because as an area, is there an opportunity for your business to expand, to leverage specific resources? Um, there's so much stuff by region and what the initiatives are. So here's a really great tip too, and I, this is another buzzword in government. I know it's super boring, but read strategic plans, strategic plan is a really big word that you need to be asking about, whether it's a region, a city, a state, a workforce development area, all of those different subgroups have strategic plans or have intertwined strategic plans. So you want to start looking at those and read through what their focuses are. And this will give you an idea of how to approach people about your business concept and how you can help one another with whether it's, hey, I see that you have a serious childcare need within your region. I'm looking to open a pre-K um, childcare facility. How can we work together? And depending on the type of business you want to start, there can be so many communities already looking and begging for this type of business to get up and running because they need it. So that was a big example for you there within the Arrowhead region that is that is a, a need in northern Minnesota. And then because of this, um, a lot of our strategic initiatives, funding opportunities, and governmental concerns point to this stressor as a need to be solved. And then the government tries to figure out ways to get really well they get really excited and they try to figure out ways to support business owners who are looking to meet this need and sometimes that means they're willing to lend you a hand when you're hoping to um, get a meeting set up or sometimes they even have like specific 
um, wage compensation. I think like the state just put out some stuff, uh, temporary wage increase uh, subsidies for childcare right now, which is, I mean, that's, that's huge. That's really rare. So depending on what you're doing, that is good to think about. Not all businesses fit a strategic category and that's okay. But I want you to consider reading the strategic plans, especially about uh, your specific city, because it's really going to impact how you think through like the location, the site location, because it would be a really big bummer if you were buying a building that you plan to use and find out later that the city zoned it as residential and you cannot use it for what you wanted to as commercial property. And that's really important. Look at the strategic plan. What 10 years from now are they hoping to do? Do they plan to put in more housing developments? Um, are they going to upgrade the, the, the fire department, the city sewer, whatever? It, big thing is, get ahead of these things and think about them now because there's no use fighting battles that you can choose to just avoid before you have your heart set on a site. I don't know how many times my heart has been like, yes, this is the building. I love it. And, and, um, to start getting into it and then be like, oh, but I can't use it or because it's gonna, like the city ordinances say this and, oh, um, it's a historical property that's on the National Registry. By the way, if you ever see that, <laughs> you really want to know what you're getting into before you decide that, that is the building for you because the costs are just so much higher. So more on that later, okay? Probably in another episode. But make a business plan. I think that you're probably going to want to start with this and have it in your hand because that makes you ready to talk with people when you do start approaching um, cities and, and saying, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. So the next thing I would say to look at in considering what is a good location for your business is the taxes. And I mean this on so many levels. State taxes, like income taxes is one you're going to think about. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, Minnesota's isn't the greatest, uh, but, you know, a lot of people move into Texas right now because of their income tax rules. Um, but there's other things to consider. So look at how it's going to affect your customers because um, there's a lot of sales taxes, especially like school levies and all these other stuff that will affect your property taxes. And, and so that has to be factored into what you charge for your products. You also are, if you have a sales tax, you're going to need to, depending on how, how many products you sell, you're going to probably need to report that quarterly and pay it in. That's a lot of work to track and make sure that you have everything, which you're going to have to do it anyways, regardless of where you are. But, um, there sometimes are additional ones that get added on and, Honestly, there's communities where there's a sales tax on one town and it kind of over time, because it's just made a little suburb in the next area um, across the highway, there's no sales tax. And so people actually will go to the town right next door across the highway because they have less taxes to purchase their products. So really think through those aspects and, and then also think through is there something like a tourism tax? Who does it specifically apply to? Because if you're doing something like a hotel, you're really going to want to know that. 
And there are specific taxes to specific businesses sometimes. So make sure that if you have a business that's in a specific industry that may be taxed more, you're going to want to pay attention to that within your area and how it will impact you and your customer. And I would also say if you're looking at a property that's not on city amenities, you should really start thinking about um, what that looks like for additional regulations on a county level. So like say you're in a township versus a city, the county level rules are going to apply more to the township than the city ones because uh, here's an example, a septic tank right so the county a lot of times will have regulations on if you have a tank or if you have a drainage field and sometimes these rules can get updated and they'll say hey from now on if you're going to fix anything to do with your drainage field you can't and you have to put in a tank because we changed the rules and that's a really big cost it also is a a bigger cost because you have to get your septic tank uh cleaned or all the junk pulled out of it every so often to make sure that you're you're maintaining it and and nobody likes to talk about that but that's a real cost so and everybody has to use the bathroom so (laughs) you're gonna want to think about that and oh I'm just gonna go back to this I love using hypothetical situations so the more you can prepare and use hypothetical situations the better and what I mean by this is call people and ask questions use the word so hypothetically i've been thinking about doing this project and i'm looking at this area what does that mean for me do i have to do this or would i have to do this and a lot of times you can get really good answers and you mitigate so much liability and cost later i do this all the time (laughs) And it's so helpful because then people can tell you, hey, this is also where we've seen individuals run into problems over here. And oh, I didn't even think about that. And I need to make sure that I do everything that I need to do to plan for that and budget for that if that's really where it comes down to, right? I I hate getting into situations later where I didn't know something that I should have known. Um, great example of this in my lovely building. <laughs> I thought I knew everything that I needed to know about the building before I bought it. And then I got a letter in the mail saying, hey, you are in violation of a city ordinance that your roof drain is going into the city sewer and you need to get that out right now. And I apparently had no idea that was a thing because it was not disclosed. And I mean, we worked it out. We have a plan. I already routed one of the egress drains, whatever, all this stuff. And so, but that was an additional, like, I don't know, 2,500 bucks just to reroute one drain. And I also have more to do. And thankfully, they're really good at saying, you know, we'll give you this time frame to do it in. So but that's another cost that I didn't budget for. And so I think that is so, so important because commercial properties, this is another thing I think you really need to think about when you're looking for a building. Sorry, I'm like totally getting into specifics on buildings, but um, you really need to realize that you cannot do any of the work yourself. It has to be a commercial contractor. So residential properties, so much nicer. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, that was a side side tangent okay so big things I think for me personally that I went through 
is thinking about the demographic data of the population in the workforce, location for my family. Is it going to make a good commute for me? And um, collaborative other business owners. I specifically chose Chisholm, Minnesota, because there is a huge community investment of other local business owners that are willing to collaborate and talk to you. And they're excited about new businesses coming in because they understand the data on being supportive of one another and seeing the town be raised together. And so um, investment in the community through other organizations is another thing that I look for. So Strong Towns is an organization, it's a nonprofit that works with different cities across the United States to work on helping the city be strong and resilient. And they actually have chosen Chisholm as a site location and they're going to be working with them and they are. And so that's really exciting for me. The other thing that I was super excited about is my target market demographic doesn't necessarily live in Chisholm because I am selling online all over the United States and specifically pottery. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier, but that's what it is. And then um, there's a huge tourism traffic draw to this area because of the Redhead Mountain Bike Park. And part of my demographic group is within that population of individuals. And the reason I know that is because the Minnesota Discovery Center, the local economic development authority has done a really good job of tracking visitor data and uh, fitting it with the ideal customer demographic of mine. So I can see, oh yeah, these are the people that are in this demographic group of uh, education level, income, interests, all of that. And it, it matches exactly when I look at my different site locations of where my customers have bought from online. And I can search those towns, look at the the demographics of those communities and know what I'm looking for. So really kind of take that tip into consideration if you're doing something where you're servicing different areas and then thinking about opening up an actual a physical presence. So um, also like this is kind of a silly reason, but um, I, I love Chisholm because it has a lake. <laughs> And also my office is already here. So made it a little bit easier for me to make that decision. But know that you're going to have a few different things that are really on your heart that don't make it into your business plan that are other ulterior motives for the reason why you want to be somewhere. And for me, that's location to family. I want to make sure that I'm near those who are in my family. And so, which is why I'm still in Minnesota. And not necessarily the deciding factor for everyone, but I think it's okay to still have those as part of your personal hopes and dreams because that needs to come first. Otherwise, you're just going to be unhappy with where you choose your business location. Okay, so I have talked your ear off about this. The last thing I want to talk to you about as a tip before we end this episode, is you really need to start talking to economic development authorities of each city that you're looking to be in. Even if you're going to do an online business, I think it's good to get a handle on what they have available. Because honestly, these are the people that should be begging you to come to their community. Their entire job is to help businesses grow, create jobs, and turn money over in the local economy. That's what they're there for. So let them know that you're looking at multiple site locations. And I think that this is important. This is so key to have your business plan ready to go because you should be saying, what can your community offer me? Clearly, you're going to do your own research. You should be. You should also be making sure that you have a lot of stuff together on um, what they're saying to fact check it yourself. 
But I think it's really good to see what kind of grants and incentives they have locally, as well as what they're willing to do to work with you to get you into the community. Because this is the time to really play your cards right, because it will set the precedence for what is going to happen um, and what resources you'll have access to later. So I'm going to be honest, some towns are better at this than others. And some EDA individuals are way better at this than others. So you need to be aware of this. And if they are not aware of a program that they have access to, you should bring it up and say, hey, if I came to town and I wanted to do this, would you help me access this program? Because you're the one that needs to do it. And what's great a lot of times is they're pretty open and they're like, yeah, I don't know how to do that, but I'll help you do it. Or maybe they've talked to somebody that has done it in the past and you can go talk to that person, et cetera, to figure out how you can access those things. So I really, really think it's important, especially if you're looking at doing any kind of funding that you need to get to open your business, such as a loan, whatever, like you're going to need to look at EDAs. And also EDAs sometimes have their own little loan pools of money that have way lower interest rates than other organizations. So really take all of those things into consideration. Um, and, and you can negotiate on things. Uh, I've seen people negotiate on, hey, if I move into town, will you knock off X amount of my utility bill for the first year? Or if I move into town, will you do this for me? Make sure that it, whether it's like, I want you guys to do my site prep of fixing the sewer outside of my property so that way I know that for sure nothing will back up into my building because that's part of what they need to do to, to keep the city running anyways. So have all of those thoughts ready to go when and you don't have to have them all at the same time. A lot of times what I have found is as you start talking to other business owners within the community, which you should do, introduce yourself, say I'm thinking about coming to this town, what would you recommend I think about? And they'll tell you their grief stories. <laughs> they'll also tell you the good things and they'll give you the tips on, oh, you should talk to this person. Hey, if you're going to need a commercial fridge, you should look at this energy efficiency grant for this kind of money to get new equipment or whatever. There's lots and lots of programs out there. So it's really, really good to start talking with other business owners and realizing what's available within your region. In my gawk section of this uh, episode, I'm going to give you an example of something that I thought was really cool. So when I recently went to something called Community Venture Network, which is this really cool um, EDA meetup for businesses and EDAs across the Midwest to hear businesses pitch. And then EDA individuals will say, hey, come to my town. This is what we have to offer. It's it's super cool. And um, it's run by uh, a friend of mine. So it was super fun to go to. And what I really thought was cool about things that they're doing is that they are looking for site locations. So they're like a broker company, like a real estate broker. And I would recommend this for anybody who's a larger business looking for a larger property if you plan to employ a lot of people, bring a lot of jobs to town, I would highly recommend finding a real estate broker that is experienced in like stacking state, local, and federal funding incentives so that you don't all have to do that legwork yourself. Um, there's a lot of people that are experienced in that and they can even teach like your local EDA person how to 
access funding levers to help you save money on like your build out costs or rehabbing a building and site prep, all of, all of that kind of stuff for bigger projects. I think that it's super cool. I never knew that there was like a whole industry of those people. And, and like if your struggle is housing, there's people that are literally like housing developers that will partner alongside a new uh, company coming in, manufacturing facility, whatever, that are going to employ these people and they want them to be close to work. And there's a housing issue within the area, which is noted in the strategic plan. <laughs> like, There's so many things there that I never would have known about um, getting together with other organizations and seeing, wow, what are they doing? And, and it's really good to ask all those questions because, wow, I never knew any of this when I started as a business owner. I mean, why would you? Nobody, there's no manual for this. So yeah, there you go. I mean, I didn't cover everything you should think about for finding a good business location. Clearly there's like a whole bunch more with traffic of vehicles or like visibility and marketing and awareness, all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's so many more things you should think about, but I felt like those ones were a little bit more common sense that you would think about as a business owner because you're looking at other businesses that are doing that. But uh, yeah, this episode, I just really wanted to dig into stuff that I never knew existed so that you could know about it too. <laughs> and if you enjoyed this episode, you should give it a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or YouTube, whatever, and just let me know what you thought. I'm gonna be doing quite a few more in this series because this is a lot of work, to be honest. <laughs> so I will definitely do a couple more on this, but thanks for joining me and we'll see you next time.